You are listening to Bicycle Retail Radio, brought to you by the National Bicycle Dealers Association. Welcome to the Friday Retailer Flex, a weekly pointed digest of inspirational and actionable insights you can implement today to take your business to the next level. This is MBDA President Heather Mason. If you're a first-time listener, be sure to check out the previous episodes. Do us a favor and leave a review. This podcast is designed specifically for the bicycle industry, dedicated to strengthening our retailers and cycling community. This week's Flex is about the bike boom and where we can find insight and future profitability in e-com. This podcast comes live from Cabda Midwest, and I have a very special guest with me, Ben Barinholtz, VP Marketing at Quivers. The MBDA is thankful for our relationship with Quivers and the support to our retailers. All right, Ben, welcome to Bicycle Retail Radio. Could you tell us a little bit more about yourself and your role at Quivers? Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me. Appreciate you having me on the podcast. Um, so yeah, I'm Ben Barinholtz, the VP of Marketing of Quivers, and uh, we're a software company uh, that makes uh, what we call commerce software uh, for specialty brands and retailers. Um, we say commerce software because uh, we have a, a collaborative platform um, that crosses the spectrum from both uh, the e-commerce side as well as the fulfillment side. So we have a number of you know kind of features and tools that helps brand and retailers with their uh, e-commerce operations, right? As selling online becomes a bigger and bigger deal, something we can't really ignore uh, these days. But that's not the uh, end-all, be-all, right? Um, there's still uh, physical retail and a lot of commerce that takes place. Uh, after the purchase um, online. So we have a lot of tools that uh, help with fulfillment of those orders and that also help uh, physical retailers um, you know, uh, run their business as best as possible uh, there on the ground. Ben, I have been talking to so many people about Quivers and retailers are like, how do I get started? How can I work with Quivers? What are, what's the process? Yeah, from the retail side, it's extremely simple. So the way um, our pricing model works out, you know, with brands, uh, when they sign on, you know, there's, there's your kind of typical uh, software platform fees for usage and for their team. But our software uh, is, is user facing in both directions. So both there's kind of a, a user interface for brands, but there's also a user interface for retailers. As I said, it's really about connecting these two groups so that they're online and offline, you know, commerce operations work hand in hand collaboratively and less at odds with one another. So for retailers, the process is actually super simple. So they can get in uh, and create a retailer account. It's, you know, we, we call it a fulfiller account. Uh, technically it can be a merchant as well, but that's a whole different discussion. Um, so they can get on, they, they create this account, right? And they can populate it and put their stuff in there. Um, and what that allows them to do is they can search through Quivers for brands they may already carry physically in store and see if those brands are already in Quivers. So some of the brands they're selling right now, you know, on shelf may actually be using quivers um, and and routing orders to other retailers as well. So those they can you know there's a you know as simple as hitting a button to ask to connect with those, and we have a customer success team can help facilitate that as well, right? So it's not entirely self service. So those retailers can connect with those brands they already know, right? And talk to them and say, hey, I'm on Quivers now. When you uh, you know uh, take orders online on your e-commerce site, we would love to be a fulfiller. You could route those orders to our physical location, um, and we can you know, mail them last mile or do pickup in store 
or et cetera, and it's just as easy as that, right? And uh, we make money when the retailers make money, so we're not going to charge them anything. When, when they fulfill an order, uh, you know, they take a big cut of that sale, right, for selling that item, and we take a small percentage out of that. So it's basically free to get started for the retailers. They can start fulfilling orders, try it out, see if it works for them, you know, really uh, no commitment, no overhead. Uh, for them. And then for any brands they see on the platform that they're not connected with, that they don't currently carry in store, um, they can go through our customer success team to try and get an introduction to that brand um, and see if they can also, you know, perhaps start a relationship and start fulfilling for orders for those brands as well. It sounds like a win-win. It's absolutely free <laughs> for retailers. And you said it in a seminar at the show here yesterday. You said, let's be honest, you don't want to hear this, but the customer journey almost always is going to start with the customer visiting the brand website. If we can get those customers back to the retailer, we're winning, right? Oh yeah, that that's always uh, that's a little bit of spoonful of hard truth, right? Um, I always like to watch people's reaction when I tell them that. You know, we believe in this. Um, I mean, obviously, look, the way you sell software, you don't come up and build software and then like serve strategies and solutions to people and try and sell them. You build software based on the problems that exist. So when I talk about these things, it's not because it's self-serving that our software solves. It's like we went out and listened to thousands of brands and retailers and dug in on what the problems were and looked at the consumer behavior and went, okay, if we built software that did these types of things, that would really solve those problems. So that's what, what we saw is, is like it or not, right, we've defined what we call specialty, right? We take specialty beyond specialty retailer and we apply that to the brand level and the consumer level. When we look at the consumers and say, these specialty consumers that are buying high-end, you know, highly manufactured sporting equipment or products like bikes or things like that, um, they have a lot of uh, particular wants and needs and expectations as consumers, but they're, you know, they're very different than the generalized consumer, so that's going to mean one thing for us. But they're also starting to behave like every other consumer. So what I mean there specifically is this consumer group that you're selling to as a specialty brand or retailer, they both want to purchase online now, so they really do, right? I mean, yes, they are. They're not showing up in store first thing. Like A lot of times they're in market for a particular bike, you know, not just any old bike. A novice might go shopping for any bike. Um, you know, especially consumer, they have a high brand affinity and like it or not, chances are they're ending up on the brand website first. That's what the data shows. You know, Lexus score is going up, direct traffic to brand sites are going up. We're seeing this all across the board, right? And of course, if you're a physical retailer, that should make you a little nervous and make you feel left out because they go and they type in giant.com. That's one of the first places they go. They're not going to Walmart. They're not going to REI. They're not going to backcountry.com. They literally type in giant.com. They're a giant person and they go there and they have an intent to purchase. They're not there to just read up and read technical specs in the product pages like 10 years ago and it's an information-only website and then go find a dealer. That's not what they're there for anymore. They're their wallet in hand. They're ready to purchase. They want to make purchases online, just like all the rest of us. You do, I do. We love the convenience of buying online. But here's the big caveat and the good news to that. There's a second part of that consumer behavior that we're noticing is while these specialty consumers want to have that online experience, they understand this isn't socks and razors. They don't really necessarily just want to all have it delivered to their home. There's still this vital, vital, vital need that they have to be in store. It's just that in-store part of it is pushing down the customer journey. So they don't necessarily need to be in store at the point of purchase, but they're picking options more and more. We see this going up, right, where they're choosing 
uh, ship to store or pick up in store options. So if they buy it online, they don't necessarily want that. Certainly, full frame bikes are hard to sell. I mean, fulfill direct anyway. So there's mm -hmm. their own issues there. But you know, even for a lot of items like skates or other things, if you're if you're a hockey player, you know, like ice skates, having them sent to the store where you can then get in. There's a lot of customizations and fittings and knowledge and advice, right? Repairs. There's a whole world. It, it's basically retailers doing exactly what they've always done, mm -hmm. right? This is the old school part of it. It's that customer that was a customer of the brand's website. You basically get to steal them off with this order routing and take the fulfillment and fulfill that order in-house. They're in the physical location and now they become your customer as well. And you get them in there and you get to bake the boots, you know, you get to, you know, build the frame, tune them up, you know, check their brakes, maybe cross-sale, amazing cross-sale upsell opportunities for all the other stuff they're going on. And now they're your consumer for life, right? Yes, they started on the brand website, but instead of fighting that behavior and having the animosity that started on the website, just let it start there. Yeah. And then take it over from there and make them your local customer. Have the front of house be about experiences and shows and community and service and repair and cleaning, right? There's still a massive, it's not just that there's a massive need for that, it's that is just an equal want. There's as much equal want for that in-store experience as there is for the online shopping. It's just two steps in the journey. Yeah, get them in the door and then wow the hell out of them and keep them as customers for life. And this is just a free way for retailers to get involved with brands, get these orders directed you're, you're, you're skimming sales off the brand website, frankly, and the brands don't mind me saying that. You know, there, there's you might wonder, well, what does this work for the brand? But there's a lot of stress that D2C puts on their own in-house fulfillment capabilities, and they're learning. We've had plenty of brands and platform who try and go full D2C, right? Where they all these tons of orders start coming in. They got these big dollar signs in their eyes, these big dreams about selling like crazy high margins, and they quickly find out, you know, that the operations it takes, you know, whether they're corporate warehouse or 3PL, to, to, to ship all these ones and twosies is really much more difficult they think and their centralized warehousing locations so they're looking at Amazon and going oh hey the way Amazon has these distributed fulfillment centers why don't we take our inventory instead of having it all bulked up in one place why don't we we could be like Amazon and buy out some uh, uh, mall property and start to put our you know uh, distribute our inventory out places closest to the consumer like, so they're the brands are starting to think through their distribution practices and then we walk in and they're like guys guys you know what you've invented mm -hmm. Retail network. Like, <laughs> why would you build a distributed warehousing system when you, have. when you literally have one? You literally have one, and you're already shipping freight out to all these places. Why not work with the retail network you currently have, big box and long tail specialty uh, retailers, and just collaborate together and use them as your distributed fulfillment center across the country? You already have product right next to the consumer, and I think. You know, in certain industries, like we're strong in winter sports, and we've seen them wake up to that over the last few years, and it's going gangbusters. Like the chief commercial officer um, at Technica Global, has, his, this is, has been his plan and brought us on board. They're doing it, and he'll, he'll tell you, like, you know, this idea that retailers, you know, are still just a critical part of your go-to-market, even if you're not fully wholesaling, even if you're selling online. I mean, he just sees it as an absolutely integrated part of the global business plan, and, like, it, it's just an amazing case study. Like it, 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 it really, really works. We've been talking about collaboration. We've been talking about unity. And it's time that we step into this next chapter that our industry is now actively involved in. Consumers are starting their journey online. Be part of it. 
Ben, thank you. I mean, Quivers has been a phenomenal association partner of the MBDA. We've been doing lots of events together with the rest of the Cabinet shows. I think we're going to be, yep. we're on tour. We're on tour. <laughs> we're um, on tour together. Yeah, rock on. If our listeners have additional questions, they want to know more about Quivers, where can I direct them? Yeah, the website, uh, so quivers.com. Um, there's a, a demo request form on there. You can email us, info at quivers.com. You can find me on Instagram. It's just been at Ben Barinholtz. Uh, we're also on Instagram at, at Quivers Inc. Um, but yeah, reach out to us anytime. Like I said, we have a customer success team. It's always happy uh, to spend time onboarding retailers like that. You know, that, that's no, uh, 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 that's, no <laughs> that's not work for You're us. Yeah, we're happy. Yeah, <laughs> we're happy to do it. You know, get you started. Um, like I said, you know, it, it's the more everybody comes together and collaborates on this, you know, in, in a, instead of seeing it as a us versus them thing, mm -hmm. the stronger the industry itself is going to get. I agree. I agree. All right. If you'd like to support the show, don't forget to subscribe. Share your favorite episode with friends on social media. We appreciate your support. Thank you for listening. Now go be great. This has been Bicycle Retail Radio by the National Bicycle Dealers Association. For more information on membership and member benefits, join us at nbda.com. Mm -hmm.